0: Hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for, guys for listening to the last few episodes with Brian Keane, Neil Gunning and then last week with myself. This week is a little bit different. So this week we have Holly Davidge on the on the podcast. Uh, Holly is a fashion bikini competitor based in Ireland. Uh, at Holly Davidge is her Instagram post and the reason why I kind of asked Holly to come on was that she gives great advice out on Instagram. Um she gives she gives a good solid feel for what she wants to, her personality across on her posts and it's something that a lot of people and a lot of girls i think can relate if they're trying to get into the gym and that's why i asked her to come on thank you very much for coming on holly
1: Oh, no problem. I'm excited to be here, yeah. yeah.
0: Ask you to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little bit of technical issues at the beginning, so I'm kind of glad that uh, we, we're, uh, we're all sorted now. So, Holly, tell us a little bit about yourself for those guys who are unsure of yourself and how you got started in the gym and, and kind of how you got into that industry. Well, growing up, when I was
1: little, I was always kind of like the chubby... Kid, I was always the glass for teams. I was never good to any sport at all, so I kind of thought I was just like never going to be into fitness or anything like that. I kind of resigned myself to it. But then uh, in my teenage years, I got into the uh, the cycle of like going through every single diet and every single cardio routine and every single any any plan you any, name it, and i have done it. And I could never stick to anything, and I genuinely thought I was lost cause. Um, and then I. Went through that, and then I went through Trinity. I did a degree in genetics, and then when I graduated from genetics, I got offered um, a job at Cambridge. So I moved over to Cambridge um, just after I graduated. Uh, started working there, and found it really, really hard to move abroad and leave all my family and friends behind. I really didn't know anyone. I was kind of doing my nine to five in the lab, and then coming home and sitting in my room all evening with like no one to talk to, and I found it really lonely because I'm quite like a people person. I like I'm quite extroverted now. I like chatting to people. So, I had one housemate who was like a bit younger than me, and he was one of the lads who like loves going to the gym. And one day he asked me to come, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm dying to come. I really want to make some friends or like get to know his group, whatever." So I went with him one evening. He showed me all of the equipment and everything, and then after that, I just took like I just took that one day, and then I started going every single day. And either I went with him or without him, and it didn't really matter. But I think the main difference with me sticking to it that time was that I never once crossed my mind to go there to lose weight I just wanted to go to like find the community find some like other people who had like similar interests as me or like just like somewhere to be after work that wasn't just like on my own and it was a great way to make new friends like I joined a a gym in Cambridge and like the the community there was absolutely amazing I made so many friends and it was just that it was like switching your mindset of why you want to be there and it's more for yourself and your confidence and your support rather than just going there just to be skating or to just look a certain way I think mean, that's what kept me going so that's how I got into it and I'm obviously two years later still going
0: <laughs> and what, what kind of made you kind of go down the route of getting up on stage and into, into the kind of the bikini competing then
1: I think the type of personality I have is that I just can't do middle ground ever and um, so as soon as I started going to the gym I started going six times a week and then I downloaded, I download plans off the internet, kind of like just a loose, loosely to follow. Um, but that wasn't enough for me because I just realised if I wanted to train, I wanted to do it as optimally as possible. So I hired a coach even before I even dreamed about competing. I hired a coach, and she got me through like a summer cut, and then we did like an off season together. And that's when I decided, like, no, I really, really want to step on stage because I started following more and more people on Instagram and seeing their story and seeing their journey and getting to stage and how, like the extremeness of it but how it was all kind of worth it to them in the end when they got on stage and they had their like five minutes in the spotlight and it just seemed like something I just really really wanted to do so I just decided to commit to it in January last year I just decided to go for it and then I ended up doing three shows that year and I was just like I'd never experienced anything like it like I was always so shy as a kid I would never have dreamed of getting on stage in front of people especially not in a bikini like I would never even wear a bikini to the beach my whole childhood and teenage years let alone on stage so it's very <laughs> strange to me like if I told my like 15 year old self where I'd be in 10 years time I would, literally would not have believed you at all so yeah but it's mm-hmm. addictive that's the thing you kind of just get hooked as soon as you step on
0: yeah it's the the gym It the gym is quite addictive I, like I was like you I was I'd never really got into the gym until a little later I'm a, I'm a little bit older than you Um, and I never really got into it I kind of saw it as one of these places where the big guys go where they hang around and stuff like that and now it's kind of I don't even use it to kind of get get, like I don't want to be the big jack guy I just want to kind of look feel feel and look good and use it for my head and stuff like that and that's what it's all about and it's kind of that, that little niche or a little avenue that kind of works for you it does, it's not all about kind of having that six pack and stuff like that if you feel better in clothes and you're just going to make it you can still have a life going into the gym which is a lot of people think that they can't uh they yeah. feel like this well, is
1: what you make it i feel like a lot of people think that to be fitness you have to do x y and z but i always tell my friends like it's whatever makes you feel better like if you feel good about yourself if you feel good about how you look and day to day you feel healthy you feel fit like that is the main goal isn't it like what else
0: is there exactly yeah and if you can if you can feel a little bit better about yourself it doesn't like if you've got a dress to to like i work predominantly with female clients and they're most most of them are kind of brides to be if they're getting ready for their wedding happy days but the kind of what i try to instill in those guys is kind of the habits for what's happened afterwards there's all good and well kind of you know yourself, it's all going to well kind of getting to a certain point and getting up on stage ready or getting dressed and getting into your wedding dress. But it's kind of the rebound afterwards is almost more difficult because, as you said, rebound
1: is definitely the hardest thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And as you said yourself, kind of you're like a bit like me with the all or nothing approach. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, as soon as like from the photo shoot, all I wanted to eat was just a whole load of carbs or sweets or whatever like that so how do you cope with the that whole side of things because they're saying that you're kind of all or nothing is there any food that you kind of go to uh that's your kind of weak weak point
1: i think all three of my weak (laughs) points um but i'm lucky now because um i started working with a new coach back in november before that like i was on strict meal plans basically and i wasn't allowed to deviate from the meal plan and everything had to be you know, it was on, wasn't on this meal plan, you couldn't have it. Whereas now I take like a flexible approach. So I track my macronutrients, so carbs, fat and protein. Um, and obviously during the off season, you can be much, much more flexible. So I've quite a lot of food to play with day to day. So I managed to eat out and kind of um, fill my cravings and satisfy my cravings quite easily at the moment. Obviously during prep, it's a bit harder because you're dieted down, you have less food to play with and you have to be a bit more strict because the end goal is to get on stage, obviously. But when you're in the off season, it's, quite manageable to be balanced and I find I've found a nice balance now where I can still train really hard, eat well, kind of uh, progress my lifts, get stronger but also be able to like see my friends by for dinner at the weekends and like go on trips and not worry about meal prepping and bringing everything with me like I didn't do that at all when I was away this weekend and it was fine I was still able to track everything, still enjoy myself, still have drinks like so there, you have to find a way that works for you that you can you should be able to do all that especially if you're not competing you should be able to find a balance easily enough and, and would, not
0: sacrifice yeah and what would you kind of say to someone that like as you said you went away for the weekend over to to brighton and stuff and you're we're actually going to bump into each other next week over at aj over in birmingham yeah um, and it. <laughs> yeah it's surely i can't wait aj's just an enthusiasm he's like, just a big ball of enthusiasm uh i'm excited i think it's going to be infectious
1: that he's just going to like transmit his energy to the whole room that's what I'm hoping that I'll go away with like
0: full beans I so can't, I can't wait um, and like when you're kind of when you're getting ready for those kind of weekends away and stuff like that what would be your one tip to someone that to kind of to, to stay don't press the fuck it button as they call it uh, to kind of still be able to go have the drinks have the, the drinks out with the girls or the meals out with the girls or whatever like that what would be your one trick to someone or tip to someone
1: I think it's just important to plan ahead and like you can very easily manage it like even like do the damage limitation thing of in the morning or in the early day kind of limit your carbs try and focus on like lots of vegetables lots of protein and save a lot of your food at the end of the day so you can enjoy it make sure you're drinking enough water so you don't get like dehydrated and then maybe you feel hungry when you're actually thirsty and like all these little tips and tricks but i think if you're flexible and you track which i don't know if everyone all your clients track. But I find it like almost less stressful to track and those kind of things because then you know where you stand. And I knew like that I had saved enough food that I could have a burger in the evening. And if I hadn't tracked it, I might have felt like awful about it. I felt like I'd just blown my whole diet and that I'd have to, you know, might as well give up and start on Monday again. But because you've already kind of factored that in in advance and you've kind of done your damage limitation, you can just enjoy it and know that you. It's fine, you know, when you wake up the next day, keep going the
0: same way, you haven't ruined anything, you haven't ruined your progress, and no point starting again on Monday because you're still on track technically, you know. And so. I, I know you're kinda of saying about the, the kind of the track and the calories on my fitness pal. That seems like it, to be one of these heated things at the minute of whether people yeah. should track. Um I know I've I've tracked and I haven't tracked. Um I've I'm I have a coach at the minute, um and he I was tracking, so I've got like a 12-week block with him, I'm kind of about 10 weeks in, so I was tracking for the first eight, and then I'm kind of taking a two-week break. Would you kind of say to someone to take many breaks from tracking and kind of just make education, educated choices, or would you kind of say always track, or what, 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 would, what would be your advice there? I don't
1: think, uh, even if you're what, like some of the general population who doesn't compete, I don't think you need track all the time. I think even they usually advise that even like two weeks of tracking your food will give you a good estimate of like what you're really eating, what a portion size is, because I think the scariest thing is when you track and you find out like what a portion size is of like peanut butter or cereal or something like that and it's terrifying because you've no idea how much you really are like what a portion actually looked like, so that kind of thing is good just for educating yourself, but then after that I think being sensible you can kind of estimate it yourself and especially like if you're just a general population person who just wants to be fit and healthy I don't think there's a point in being a slave to an app yeah but then there's other people like people like me like I am very like I organize everything like I have all these planners I have all these tools to keep myself organized and apps and everything like that it's just another tool to stay organized to me I don't mess my emotions in it at all I'm not like addicted to it or obsessed with it but I just like having it as another tool to keep me like
0: Yeah, and I think that I think I think it's a great tool, and the fact that my fitness palace so many kind of has so many restaurants and shops and different foods and stuff like that on it it's a great resource for that way, but a lot of people seem to use it for kind of like the exercise monitoring which is...
1: That is scary, yeah. Yeah. And also like as Rebecca says all the time as well as that people use it um, when they want to figure out how much to eat to lose weight. They say like I am this weight, I am sedentary and I want to lose two pounds a week and then it will put them on 1,200 calories instantly and obviously that's not for everyone at yeah. all and it's just, it's crazy and then I have people coming to me like I'm eating 1,200 calories and like I don't know what to do because I'm not losing weight anymore and like where else do you go from there there's like what other tools can you utilize at that point like if you cut yourself down to that then you have nothing to play with afterwards like they always say to try and lose weight on like as many calories as possible and then once you plateau you can kind of like drop it from there but the blanket 1200 calorie thing I hate the way it's still around but it is for some reason it's a magic number that everyone
0: thinks so yeah it's it's quite it's quite it's quite scary and I know particularly with the kind of the female clients not all female clients but with the female clients in particular is it's almost it's sometimes a little bit of a struggle in order to kind of get them to eat a little bit more uh, they have this some people males and females have this mindset that if they have very low calories they'll have to fire off the weight would you have any advice yeah. for someone that's kind of kind of struggling to kind of get away from that 1,200 calories and kind of more towards the 16 17 1,800
1: calories? We just have to realize how important it is for like both your satiety and like your muscle maintenance and your energy that it is very worth it to try a diet on as many calories as possible and you don't want to be maintaining your weight that low calories for the rest of your life because if you're like a normal population person you just want to shift a bit of weight and then kind of maintain your weight from there you don't want to be maintaining it then on that low calories because you won't be able to live your life you won't be able to be as flexible as you could be if you were just a bit more um considerate and conscious and in the beginning about not being so extreme and doing it in a much more maintainable and slow manner which is why I think it is very beneficial to have a PT or have a coach that can be more objective than you and not just kind of slash calories and be extreme and harsh, because you're always going to be more extreme with yourself. You can't see yourself objectively. You're always like, I want this quick, I want this done and I want to get it over with. Whereas like someone looking objectively at you can be more practical about it. Whereas I think you can never really look at yourself with the same practicality. You always have an emotional side or something like that. So even like just ask like advice, even if you don't have a PT or a coach, just ask advice from someone because they're usually always more than happy to, give
0: you some tips or yeah, no, I, opinion, love,
1: you
0: know? I love the way you brought up Rebecca so like Rebecca is teacher triceps who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and her message to people that it is kind of it doesn't have to be the all or nothing approach and that's why I think no. a lot of people resonate with her in particular and I had Orla Friel who's, who also competed with you a, a little while ago um, and she I met her back in maybe February 2018 and she was getting ready for comp but it was having a serious effect on her mood, on her, on her, on her swings, our mood swings and stuff like that. And she, she withdrew herself because it was just messing her up. And now you look at her on social media, and she's the the bubbliest person. She's loud. Don't get me wrong; she's crazy. But like she, she, she's happier the way she is. She's, 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 she's a very fit girl. She's very mostly and very toned and stuff like that. But she's happy that way, and that's one thing that people need to get away from is that it's not one size fits all and uh, some people mm. may feel a little bit better kind of being a little bit bigger some people may want the six-pack which is what I thought I want which just wasn't maintainable for me and I learned that from doing the shoot so that was one good thing that came sure. out of the shoot plus the the pictures came out well I know with particularly with the industry that or the competitions that you do is kind of the all-or-nothing approach how do you cope with that kind of mentally
1: I think I'm better mentally when I have that kind of approach just because the kind of person I am I do get quite like I get really into things I get addicted to things like even when I was in college I would spend like 14 hours a day studying but like I wouldn't go to the gym I, like my whole final year of college I didn't activate my gym cards at all because I was so like invested in studies so I that's the way I kind of approach things is that I tackle them head on and I kind of put all my focus into it like I do feel like it is a great, good thing to have like a decent long off season like I'm trying to have at the moment to try and establish more of a balanced approach because I know that's the tendency I have is to be very extreme about everything. So this has been a really good learning curve for me to learn how to balance everything. Like it's not just all about all about the gym or all about college or all about a certain thing Like you can kind of maintain a balance between all of it. But then I also think that there is a place in life for extremes when you want to get a certain outcome or you want to be the best at something or you want to succeed in something and you have to be okay with the fact that balance isn't always possible at the same time you know there's a time and a place for extremes and balance you know yeah.
0: yeah i think i think that's great advice that there will be like it will be worth it in the long run there will have to be some sacrifices Either not going out for the drinks with the girls you can still go out but it doesn't necessarily yeah, I have mean, done
1: yeah yeah go out with your uh sparkling water and lime
0: yeah, that's that. That's that's the tip. Um, yeah. And then the foods and stuff like that. Like one of the biggest things I try to say to my clients is, you can still have dessert. Just have a sorbet rather than ice cream. Like you don't want to, yeah. you don't want to be the awkward person at the end of the table. Um, especially if you're going out for and they're all having desserts and stuff. And it's someone's birthday. There's a big load of cake coming out and stuff like that. So sorbet is quite low on calories, but it's still hitting that little sweet tooth that you're kind of looking for anyway. Um, yeah, exactly. There are
1: there are little like. Tricks yeah. like tips and tricks you can do. Like you don't have to just have just deprive yourself. Just the like there are ways around it, and you don't have to be like the author at the table. You just like, oh no, I won't have anything. because there is always a way, you know.
0: Yeah. And is there is there any one little trick that you kind of that y- you are renowned for? Because I know you're big on the food, which is what we're going to talk about in a little yes. bit later on. Is there one little trick or one little substitute that you have for someone that's gonna, maybe going out for a, a girly brunch on a Sunday or going out for? Dinner or sometimes like out with the the lads or the girls on the Saturday night?
1: One of the main things everyone makes fun of me for because I am never seen without my my flavour drops. Oh, uh, okay. Because I love flavoured coffee. Like I always used to love getting like, you know, like the caramel macchiatos and all of them. But I have the my protein flavour drops in pretty much every single flavour you can imagine. So whenever I get a coffee I always whip it out and always last week because I have my little uh droplets that i put in but they're brilliant like they're really cheap you literally use a couple of drops and it can transform your coffee into like any flavor you want and they're zero calories so i love them they're brilliant so, even like a black coffee can be something nice and sweet for you and then it kind of kills your sweet creams as well i after lunch and after like main meal i get such a sweet tooth so i need something like that to kind of satisfy my sweet tooth
0: i think that's awesome advice um and like one of the other things was oh, you are kind of we hinted on earlier about the training side of things what kind of split are you working off at the minute are you kind of doing four or five days or what's your what's your routine
1: yeah so as i said earlier so i worked with a new uh, coach in november his name is jack but he's the one i just went to visit in brighton we did a training session together so i made realize how i really should be training because <laughs> he worked very hard and i have really bad leg dumps today um but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. So he, we do a five day split at the moment. So we have two uppers, two lowers, and then one full body at the end of the week. um But it's really focused on heavy compounds. Like most of it is heavy compounds, and I have some isolations, obviously, just like optimise the muscle development uh, as best you can. But so I'm, I'm mainly doing like squats, deadlifts, uh Romanian deadlifts, uh hip thrust, shoulder press, like all the the hardcore lifts, which are my favourite. To be honest, I absolutely love them. Like I find the fluffy ones quite tedious like I remember before when I was doing like four sets of table kickbacks I just didn't enjoy it at all I just I love the heavy stuff but then also at the same time like it does fatigue you a lot more so like for it was last week I think I did my first ever deload which I've never done before because I was just so fatigued at the end of like six weeks of training Um, But I think that did the trick to kind of reset me. So you kind of have to work really hard, but then you do need to take the recovery time as well. It's really important. So I do have two rest days a week where I do try and just recover as best I can. I'm trying to do better stretching and more like mobility work as well because I want to make sure I utilize this off-season as like optimally as possible So I really, really want to use it as best I can to build all the muscle I need.
0: My guilty pleasure at the minute, my couch has me... me I found a new love for legs. Um, I wasn't really big into kind of training the legs and stuff beforehand, but I also didn't want to turn into that like that brow split, uh, the big leg. Yeah, so I'm, my my guilty pleasure at the minute is the hip thrust, uh, and I'm yeah. I'm really I'm really loving that part of that side of things at the minute. It's kind of good to get out of your comfort zone. Um, with that side of things, I always right?
1: really appreciate when I see men hip thrusting. By the way, I always think like fair play
0: because most men don't. So. Oh, you, you, you get funny looks, but when I'm when I'm kind of training, it's kind of like I kind of just after kind of morning clients, uh, so it's not too busy. But I can see people when they see a guy kind of in the evenings and stuff like that when it's mental busy because our hip thrust is in the right slap bang in the middle of the floor, so you cannot but just walk past someone that's literally just hip thrusting into the air so the, some guys do kind of get little funny looks and stuff like that um, oh, and that kind of can't leads can't me on Sorry? I avoid eye
1: contact
0: with everyone oh, I, I think it's the well I'm trying to coach that and stuff like that one of the tips I got off one of the girls is never look your client in the eye when they're trying to hip thrust it's not It's not no, pretty no. it's not pretty <laughs> <laughs> you see his face no. you don't want to see um, what? one of the things kind of that we're trying to do in the the gym at the minute is trying to get more females in particular into kind of away from kind of the astro or the cardio area it back into kind of like the heavier lifts was there a point that were that you kind of hit yourself of to get away from that side or were you ever on that side or what would what would be the tip for someone to get away from just the cardio and kind of the dumbbells and kettlebells
1: yeah, no, I was definitely on that side. And it's very intimidating, because even, like, when I go into some private, fits, I will be the only girl on the gym floor, like, in the weights area. So it can be very intimidating. Um, but, I like, well before I even started doing weights, I was watching all the people on YouTube and, like, all the in- people on Instagram and all these really fit-looking girls that were not afraid to go into the weights area and be, be among the boys. Um, and I just realized that, like, you know, just because no one else wants to do it doesn't mean I... Can. So I'd go in, and I like I thrive on being the only girl. I kind of look around, feeling like really badass because I am in there. Like I wish there was more girls around with me, but I don't mind being surrounded by boys now because I just feel confident in the fact that I know what I'm doing. You know, I've been there long enough. Like I have a purpose. I know what I've, I have a plan, and like no one cares. Like as soon as you realise something, like, no one is looking at you. No one cares about what you're doing. They only care about themselves. They're probably worrying about what you think about them as well everyone is self-conscious and when you realize that it is really freeing because you can go in and do whatever you want and like unless you're doing something crazy that's gonna end up on like gym sales or something uh no one's really paying attention so
0: yeah i think i think that's awesome uh advice that no one is actually watching you the only way that someone will be watching you is if you are doing something completely and utterly bonkers uh, or else, you're
1: doing something that they're like, "Wow, well, I wish
0: I could do that myself." You yeah, know? like so I, I'm kind of. I sometimes I watch, people, like, if, as I kind of when I'm in between clients or whatever, and you see people kind of doing kind of extreme mobility, or they're doing the the kind of the CrossFit lifts. Some of the stuff those guys can do is amazing. Obviously, with the correct form and stuff like that. But some of the stuff they can do, you, you can not you can. All you can do is kind of stand back and kind of admire what that what those guys do and it's kind of it's different strokes for different folks as we kind of said a little bit Um, one of the things i've kind of struggled with a little bit when i was getting ready for the shoot was kind of the tiredness and the and the fatigue side of things what 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 do you have any tips or anything like that like how do you cope with kind of still doing your five sessions a week working your working your job having the social life and kind of coping with the tiredness and stuff like that is there any tip that you would have for someone out there
1: obviously when you're dieting it's going to come with a bit of fatigue and tiredness you just have to accept that like it's it's going to be hard sometimes and i think that things that are worth achieving are are hard like if it was easy everyone would do it and everyone would be getting ready for photo shoots everyone would be stepping on stage and everyone would look amazing in a bikini or on the beach at all times so like it is challenging but i think you kind of have to step up to it and just kind of embrace the tough bit because i think the positives you get and the achievement you feel at the end is is worth it and it makes it feel more worth it when you have endured some of the hardship of it and like the fatigue yeah it it does come but you can minimize it you can make sure you're getting enough sleep you can make sure you're drinking enough water you make sure you're basing most of your diet around good food with lots of vitamins and minerals and not wasting your calories on crap just because you can Um, and like if you need to supplement make sure you do that and there's lots of different ways and just trying to make sure that you don't get diet brain where you're kind of in the mentality of like oh I'm too tired I don't want to see anyone I'm just going to like stay at home because that's the easy thing to do because it's kind of a vicious cycle but the more you cut yourself off the more you don't want to see people so you kind of force yourself to do other activities. Meet people for coffee, because you can. Like, meet, go out for drinks and don't let anything stop you from living your life, because a diet is not worth putting your life on hold for, I don't think. Um, so just make sure you don't kind of isolate yourself. I think a lot of people make that mistake, maybe like the first time they try and do a, a diet, is that they cut themselves off, because you feel that you can't socialise if you're on a diet, which you absolutely can. Uh, it just takes a bit of planning, but it's completely possible.
0: No, i i i love that because i was listening to a podcast recently with danny lennon i think it was one just before christmas i think it was and he was he was speaking to a guy an expert talking about adherence and how to kind of approach a diet and he was saying that a diet can you when you're picking a diet whether it be paleo or any intermittent fasting whatever it is can you see yourself doing this in about 20 years uh and i think particularly with kind of getting ketosis in particular with kind of the, the no carbs can you really kind of survive with no carbs and that's kind of one of those things like it doesn't have to be the all gung-ho approach which is what a lot of people do and I hold my hands up I've been guilty of kind of doing that it kind of especially when you're kind of impatient uh, I think yeah. that's one of the biggest things that, that kills was, a lot yeah, of people today. yeah and I feel like I I I had a look at your Instagram kind of before this and kind of your off season pick from last year to, or and compared to this or to yeah this year to last year and the the results are incredible in one year like and it can be done it may take you a little bit longer because, depending on your body type but how much how much do kind of genetics and stuff kind of come into this side of things uh, so say if someone's kind of I'd be quite slim compared to someone who's a little bit bit bigger how much does kind of genetics come into this side of things
1: i think genetics definitely plays a role into whether you're more susceptible to like build muscle or lose fat obviously it it increases your propensity but it's definitely not like a death sentence if, if you like you can't just not lose fat or not gain muscle because you have a certain type of genetics like there's you might be it might be like a slightly more hard than usual or slightly more harder than the general other people but like nothing should be an excuse not to try i think because i don't think i'm genetically best in the muscle development uh side of things because it is quite a long haul for me but then i also think it's uh, even more um rewarding when you do achieve it because you have fought your genetics a bit um but everyone has their pros and cons everyone has good genetics for some things and not for others like it's not just you know you're not just unfortunate in all ways you know you should play to your strengths but also don't give up on your weaknesses just because they're weaknesses you should
0: try and make them your strengths as well you know nothing's impossible yeah I think that's awesome advice like one of the things a lot of people do when they get into the gym is kind of compare themselves to others Um, and one of the the messages kind of yeah I'm guilty of doing it and that's why I did like a social media audit before Christmas or after Christmas I've uh, kind of you like
1: on
0: the tree, did you? yeah uh, uh so I did I got probably got rid of about 200 200 odd people and uh, uh, that just what like they weren't they weren't kind of helping me at all and I was feeling a little bit low after the the shoes and then I had to get surgery and stuff like that so I was feeling a little bit sorry for myself and I was kind of like oh, this isn't helping me so I need to get it out of sight out of mind that kind of thing social media is kind of one of these things that's happening that is happening it has happened um it's there's pros and cons to social media uh it's 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 great for I love it because it's great for kind of getting a voice out there the, like the likes oh. of yourself and Rebecca and Brian Keen have great voices out there there's also the cons which is kind of the keyboard wire side of things and I've also know one of the girls I know recently an account was set up with all her pictures and basically yeah. she was And that was a little bit scary.
1: That's scary.
0: Uh, Have you had not to that extreme? But have you had any? What's your your personal experience on social media in those regards?
1: Yeah, I think there obviously is a lot of like advantages and negatives to it. Um, I've pretty much experienced mostly positives in that I've developed like such an amazing community of like-minded people. That obviously, like in the bodybuilding industry, it is in itself quite a lonely sport where you go to the gym every day, you do your training on your own, you go home, you eat your meals on your own, and you're kind of separate to your family because you have to eat a certain way and train a certain way and everything like that. So having the online community really helps to make you feel like you're a part of something bigger. And I've met so many people that way. Like I, was, I met people at the weekend from that, I'm going to that the seminar with AJ Myers and uh, going there with a friend I met on Instagram. And so many things have happened for me this year and last year that would never would have been possible without the internet. But there obviously is the cons as well. Like, I have experienced, like, some hate messages. Obviously, there are a lot of um, people on the internet that are not, like, can be a bit creepy, And so you have to put yourself out there for that. Um, and then there's also a lot of people in, like, my real life which wouldn't really, they don't really understand why I put myself out there. They don't really see the point of it. They think a lot of people kind of post themselves on social media just to kind of show off themselves. when they don't really see the outcome of it and how you have like this community of people that are following you and you're following them and you know you share your struggles with them and they can kind of make you feel better and say that they've been through the same thing and it's um it's much more than just posting you know a selfie on Instagram and just looking for um rewards that way you know reassurance um so that can be hard because a lot of people like that I know in real life wouldn't really get it
0: yeah. no, I think I what you what you kind of said there about kind of like-minded people. Uh, there was a I think there was a segment on the Late Late a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they had kind of a few kind of Instagram celebrities on it and then they had a few people in the audience and there was people that were kind of into um kind of Japanese animation or kind of different segments that w- you and I may not be interested in or something like that but there was one or two of them from Australia, there was a few of them from Dublin, there was a few of them from Mead or whatever, and those people met, they set up, formed a community. So it is great for that way. Um, and it's, it, it, it's it's amazing to hear those kind of stories, but there's definitely kind of, that one with one of the girls I know was, was probably the, the worst thing that I've heard from for, for a little while off, off social media and stuff like that. Um, the, one of the other things was for any from when you started out, was there, is there any piece of advice that you would give yourself from when you started out in the gym that you would change about how you approach things? That's a good question.
1: I think the main thing that I would have told myself starting off is just to not be afraid to ask people for help because it's you often find that it's the biggest, scariest bodybuilder men in the gym that end up being the friendliest. And the most likely to want to help you because they've been there for so long and they know everything like the back of their hand and they kind of appreciate when people come in new looking for help and advice. Like, if anyone were to come up to me, I would be nothing but helpful. I'd love to help any new people. I think that would be amazing. Like, the fact that I even think I'd be worth asking in the first place, I would find really, really nice. But, like, what I used to do when I was starting out is, like, I'd look up, um, like, the location of my gym on Instagram and I'd scroll through all the pictures and see if I could find people and make friends through that. And then I'd see them realising, like, oh, hi, I follow you. Like, how are you? And kind of get to know people that way because no one, everyone is there at the end of the day for the same reason. Everyone wants to feel good about themselves. Everyone wants to be fit and healthy. So you're all there with a common theme. So just not be afraid to ask for help. And if you need a spot, don't be afraid to ask person beside you. And don't be afraid to look silly at the gym because everyone's been there before. And if you don't know how to use a machine... It doesn't matter like it's not the end of the world just ask someone or trying to figure it out yourself you're not gonna look stupid and no one's gonna make fun of you for it you know because everyone was there everyone's been there and you have to take the first step you have to go there for the first day to make the change you know so
0: no i, I think i think that's awesome and like i think a lot of people kind of walk into the doors and they're kind of seeing all of these these machines that kind of some of them look like transformers almost yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, all the the, the and squat, all the
1: different like levers and everything.
0: Oh the squat machine comes to mind straight away. Uh yeah. the, the we have one in our place, and you can see when you're kind of doing the gym introductions with the new people, it's kinda of like, What the hell is this? And then
1: It oh, was like a hack squat
0: Yeah, basically. Okay,
1: yeah.
0: Uh there's a hack squat, there's a squat machine, there's a leg press beside yeah. each other. And, intimidating Yeah, the three machines right beside each other. Uh, with the little yellow lever to kind of adjust the height and stuff like that some people are like yeah I won't be going near this machine Um, is there I know there's there's various different kind of programs and various different logics and stuff like that with kind of programming and getting into the gym if someone was completely new to the gym had never trained before had never tracked anything before what would you kind of the advice for kind of a a split or a training program would you kind of suggest? to say if they're looking to do fat loss, say?
1: Yeah. Like I'd say you could get like a program off the internet, but I I would always advise people to get a coach. I just think it's been invaluable to me ever since I've had one. If you really are serious about wanting to change your physique and really make a difference to your health, I think even just to hire someone for a little bit of time to teach you the tools that you can go forward on your own, I think going into the gym blind is a really bad idea because you always see people wandering around the gym with no plan and no direction. And I just think it's such a waste of time if you don't go in with a purpose and plan.
0: Yeah, I think even with like, even like you have a coach, I have a coach. And like, it's kind of, I use it kind of an almost as an adherence effect. Like I have a sheet mm-hmm. to fill in. There's probably like three tabs on a Google sheet that I have to fill in every week. Uh, I use it as an adherence effect. Rather than I know that like if I if I have someone to kind of be accountable to, I will push myself that extra little bit more. Because ultimately, he is just going to tell me to, like to cop the to cop the hell on. Uh, yeah, but I they always
1: like most coaches have coaches themselves because, as I said before, you cannot see yourself objectively. It's nice to have someone to have the accountability for. And to make you feel better if you think you've messed up, because sometimes you think you've done something, it's the end of the world. And someone else can put it into perspective for you, but also give you that little nudge if you are kind of pulling off the rails a little bit to get you back on. Instead of you going, "Oh, I've messed up the whole thing," you know why do I even bother? I might as well give up now. If someone says, "No, it was a blip. Let's get back on board now. Tomorrow it's a new day. Let's try again," you yeah. know.
0: And especially because when you're pick when you're doing your own program, uh, you're always going to pick moves that you enjoy. So that's oh, yeah. why. It, because that that was one of the biggest things I fell into was either yeah chest arms back that's yeah. that's it skip legs just don't do yeah, legs. Yeah, if it all. were my
1: way, I would never squat because I hate squatting. But I know I. Know I don't those.
0: enjoy it either, and I have started doing I box. Hate it. I started doing box squats, and I feel more comfortable doing it.
1: Really, I've
0: never tried them before. Yeah, I use I started doing box squats, and I'm kind of enjoying them a little bit more. I've got really tight hips from having a real job for a while. I real really, job. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the term I use. So yeah, I've a real job kind of sitting at a desk all day having little t-rex arms it wow. messes up your shoulders it's one of those things like just even get up out of your seat and it's like i teach uh pilates i'm not an expert in pilates trust me uh but it's one of the things i see a lot of people it is with kind of the movement side of things that the desks are just kind of kind of killing people and um, one regarding the coach and stuff like that is there anyone out there that you kinda see on social media rather right, like with coaches or just people in general? Would there would there be anyone in particular that you kinda recommend to follow for anyone that's kinda looking to kinda get into the gym work on on the food side?
1: Coaches.
0: Yeah, or else just general people like I know we've got T to triceps, we've got yourself obviously.
1: Oh, that's a hard one. There's so many. I
0: don't so think
1: it would be really
0: If you were to so I'd say on the nutrition side, you've got Martin McDonald's, Mac Nutrition.
1: Yeah,
0: right. And I he makes, like and he and he makes it, makes it simple as well. Oh, there's another
1: one that's really good. Do you follow Sayat Fitness? Yes, he he yeah. He's brilliant.
0: His me his memes and his little posts are awesome. Yeah, no, I really really
1: like him. I like his posts because it makes it very like um. Accessible to like just the general population. He makes everything fun because he talks about like unicorns and silly things like that. So he doesn't take himself too seriously because sometimes those pages can be quite um they're very informative, almost like overloaded. Like people like lane Norton is obviously really educated and really informed, but he can be I think quite intimidating to people who have no background in nutrition or fitness. So I I love him because I'm a complete fitness science nerd in general. But like I you kind of need. Both ends of the spectrum,
0: depending on what kind of person you are and where you've come from, what your background is. You yeah, know? I think a few of the other ones. I kind of I've I asked this cl- uh, question to one or two of my clients this morning. They're kind of saying healthy little lifter. Uh, oh, I was just going to say healthy little lifter.
1: She's really
0: good. Yeah, uh, she's awesome for kind of food substitutions. And there's Orla Walsh as well. She's she's very good at that kind of oh. stuff. And there's Jane really. New- I used to. Um, she used to be my
1: dietitian when I was younger,
0: actually. Oh, really. Yeah. I'm trying to get her on at the minute, so hopefully she's listening. So, uh, she
1: was on Brian's? Uh, yeah,
0: she was on Brian's podcast. a couple of weeks ago. I had actually messaged her before she went on Brian's, so I'm not just copying Brian's guests if people are. Brian will have me on
1: next.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, one of the things that I've learned from most from doing the podcast is I never saw it as kind of a learning mechanism for myself. Uh, I thought it was just kind of be a way for kind of the listeners and stuff to kind of learn. But I've learned so much from talking to Robin Das, the nutritionist from from yeah. Rebecca, about the female kind of side of things. Um, from yourself, about how to kind of get into it and kind of like that's a dip. Like you're in a, that's a different world. You're in a different level or a different league to to myself uh, on that side. One of the things that happen or is kind of talked about a lot is the, is supplements. Um, yeah. Is there a particular list of supplements or anything like that that you're kind of taking at the minute, like whether it be protein, creatine, or any of the kind of multi or any vitamins that you're taking at the minute?
1: I actually don't focus hugely on vitamins, especially at the moment. I have so much food that I can eat that I think supplements are like the last thing you think about. That you get your diet, you make sure you're getting plenty of protein, plenty of vegetables, to get your micronutrients in. I and mean, you should pretty much be covered, but I kind of, like, give myself an insurance policy of taking, I take a multivitamin, I do take uh, omega-3 because I don't eat that much fish, um, and I do take creatine because it's one of the most widely researched um, substances you can take for performance, so I usually have that in, like, an intra-workout shake. At the moment, I use, like, um, usually digestible carbs and creatine during intra-workouts. Um, But that's kind of it. I don't really take anything massive. I don't really need to supplement protein just because I love (laughs) meat. So I get my protein intake quite easily. Like I do like adding it in like to my oats for taste. I don't need to. Um, I think it's important to not focus solely on supplements because sometimes it's the first question that people ask you is what supplements should I take? But they haven't even thought about their diet, their primary diet and how much fruit and veg they eat and how many colours they're eating and the quality of their food in general
0: i love the fact that you brought up the colors on the plate i think it's one of the yeah. the, the the rainbow on a plate uh, yeah it's so true it's it's so simple like and look i kind of not that they're free calories but vegetables are kind of aren't very calorie dense
1: exactly and uh, like that's what i do is i've started from years even before i started competing i had a habit of always starting your plate with vegetables that's like the base and that's where i always start like what vegetables are going to have and then i build my meal up from there of pouring on like a mountain of rice or a mountain of pasta and then adding like a side of vegetables like I kind of have a plant based diet but obviously even meat as well but it always that's the foundation I think I,
0: mean, I think that's awesome I think the fact you mentioned the kind of the, the creatine as well and the fact that you also mentioned that it's uh, one of the, the most widely uh, researched supplements out there as well and for for when i was when i was growing up in school and stuff like that everyone kind of saw creatine as it messes up your organs and stuff like that but it's it definitely doesn't do that but it's also definitely not going to make you massive overnight Oh God, no No. No. um and some people (laughs) think have, have that thing that if they lift for one day or they have creatine they're going to look like the rock trust me it's not going to happen i tried it didn't work um, it happens
1: to me as well because there's always girls that ask me how do you lift so much and look like you do and then you're saying them, like well i wish i looked bigger but that's the thing like especially as like a female natural bodybuilder or person who lifts the gym it is so hard to gain muscle and it takes so much time and you have to dedicate whole seasons to it like i'm dedicating seasons right like when i'm gay i'm adding like 100 calories weekly almost to try and as much muscle as I can it's really hard and especially if you're a female who's at the gym like a lot of them tend to be under eating as it is there's no way that you're going to get bulky on that like trying really really hard it takes time as it is without even you know under eating or anything like that you know
0: and how do you I know you're kind of saying that this is your kind of your off season the time to grow how do you cope with the kind of getting fluffier in in, in inverted commas Uh,
1: I think so last year I had my very first off-season and it was kind of I used it as a free-for-all which I think most people make that mistake the first time and they're like I'm bulking I can eat everything so I did I didn't really track anything and I just I gained a lot of weight really quickly and I ended up having to for my first show lose 10 kilos in 12 weeks which was horrific so I learned from that mistake not to do it again so my reverse from show has been really slow so my last show was in July and because I was meant to do uh finals for, I qualified for finals for one of them, but I didn't end up doing it. So I was maintaining a very, very lean body for a long, long time. So by the time I got out of that, I was ready to put on weight at that stage because life is just harder <laughs> when you're that lean. So I kind of welcomed the extra body fat. And like now I'm about, I'm about 10 times up. And... Obviously it is hard mentally because it goes against everything you're told by society that women should not be gaining weight, they should be slim, they should be light, they should be this, not and the other but I think there's so many pros to it at the same time like you're more flexible, you can be more social, you can go to eat more, you can get stronger, like I focus every week on goals like okay this week I want to squat X amount of weight and I want to deadlift this and I want to do this, not and the other and you can actually achieve it whereas when you're doing a cut or you're trying to lose weight or going on a diet it's more to do with like how you look. All the time, and it's very aesthetic based. Whereas now you can kind of focus on performance and not necessarily just how you look. So I think it's very important to be a, like an all rounded athlete where it's not just about how you look, but it's also how you feel, how you perform, how you move, how strong you are. And they're important to focus on in the off season, I think.
0: And I, I love that. I love the fact that you kind of mentioned, kind of try to ignore the scales. That's one yeah. of the one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people struggle with. Uh, in particular, people who are looking to kind of lose weight, which is pre- predominantly kind of my area, uh, I tend not to kind of get people that are looking to kind of bulk up because I'm quite small. I can't tell someone to go and be a big massive bodybuilder when I haven't done it myself. So I've lost the weight myself. Yeah. So I, I kind of try to impart that wisdom. Would you have one tip to, for someone to kind of to kind of how you say ignore this ignore the scales per se?
1: I think it's it's hard, but you have to try and find a way to emotionally detach yourself from that number. So what I do at the moment is I actually have a uh, because I check in with my coach once a week, and I have a Bluetooth scale, uh, so it automatically connects to my phone. So I don't look at it at all until the day I check in, and then I literally use it as like a single variable in my whole week. So not only do I have my pictures, I have my check-ins where I'm asked, like, how do you feel this week? You know, are you tired? Do you have energy? You know, do you feel happy? Like, all these questions I do out every week, and then my weight is just, like, one single digit aside from that, and it's nothing else, and I have completely removed the emotional attachment to it because what does it mean? Like, no one looks at you and says, you're X amount of weight, so I'm going to attach this judgment to you. Like, no one goes around guessing who's weight or anything. You're just you, you know? Yeah, and right. you don't go around looking at others saying like, oh, this person is a hundred and whatever pounds, so I'm going to judge them this way, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I think that you, you mentioned the photos. The photos is the, the biggest thing that I try to... they are
1: everything, yeah. Photos are everything, because that's what, all that matters. Yeah, exactly. For your clients especially. It's how you look, you know? It doesn't really matter. And how you look and how you feel. How you feel, what I you think...
0: Way? Like, I got, a, I got a text this morning from one of my clients saying, um, oh, uh... My clothes feel a little bit looser. shit must be getting real now. So oh, that so made nice. my one day, and like that was like she's been with me for a little while now, and it's kind of the clothes are getting looser, which is kind of like, that's the most important thing. She feels great. So long like, scale victories, I them. Yeah. So we have a we have a check in tomorrow. So uh, that was a nice little win. Um, so yeah, uh, the, the, yeah. I I love those little success stories, and that's why I do this. It's not it's not, not for any other reason. You have another Instagram page, which I came across, which is (laughs) Hungry Holly Diaries, um, which is, I can guess from it that you're a big foodie. I
1: am a big foodie, yeah. Contrary to what you might think as a bikini competitor, I am a huge foodie, so it's quite a contrasting hobby to
0: have. Um, How did you kind of, like, have you always been into food or what's the kind of the idea behind it?
1: So my, my parents are actually in the food business, so uh, food has been surrounded, I've been surrounded by food my whole life, like in my house, like everything is made from scratch, we have no cans and processed food anywhere, so everything's been focused on wholesome, made from scratch, dinners, and I've always been fed so well, uh, all the way up to now and i just have such an appreciation of good food so i I started that that uh instagram because i did originally have it on my fitness instagram but obviously you kind of have to find a niche and the people that were following me weren't really interested in the food so i made a new food account but i like i absolutely love it it's like my little baby at the moment Um i love going out and finding like the newest places to eat and the best of everything um, and I follow lots of different food accounts and blogs and I love reading like they had recently in the papers like the top 100 restaurants in Ireland and the top cafes and everything and I, I have like a list in my notebook that I like to tick off as I go to make sure I visit them all but then it is also very overwhelming because every weekend there's a new one so you feel like you're never going to catch up but it's kind of it's a nice path I've had as well because people always want to come to eat with me so
0: <laughs> that's that's awesome I like, uh, I've got a few questions I think about like four or five questions left regarding the food so best yep. pizza best pizza in Dublin
1: oh can I have more than one two <laughs>
0: okay go for two
1: two okay so have you ever been to 4 no
0: 4
1: 500 it's on James Street it's beside the Olympia it's really really nice I was there for my Christmas party with my girls at like uh, this Christmas of come and it was really really nice and then also Basil Basil's is, like, phenomenal tiny little house you there
0: I was there about was it last week or two weeks ago last week
1: have you oh it's so good it, and it's BYO as well yeah
0: BYO it's it's, uh, it's and it's not that expensive for a pizza and it's and it keeps you full you're not too full even like you're not in it a coma is. yeah they're brilliant I that's
1: delicious I really really like that one
0: they're my two main ones I
1: think best wings best wings I'm not I don't really often get wings. You have your classics. So you have like Tribeca and Canal Bank Cafe. They're like the main, and Elephant and Castle, obviously. Yep. But there's a new wing restaurant that has opened on Georgia Street called Wingist. And they have not only wings, they have regular wings, boneless wings, and vegan wings. And you can get them in all different types of sauces, like flavors. So I really want to try that. That's next on my list. And I've heard that's pretty really nice. Best steak. Best steak. Oh. So. There's one place I went to recently called Clam House, uh, which is fantastic. So I got uh, a steak there with bone marrow and parmesan and anchovies with it, and it was incredible. And there's also another restaurant called Feast, which has like the perfect steak, so it's really, really good.
0: There's meant to be a really good steak place in Blackrock. Is there? Yeah, there? so uh, I can't remember the name of it, but like, if you're looking at the chipper in the main road in Blackrock. To the left-hand side of it, there's a steak place there. It's meant to be very good. I
1: haven't heard of that,
0: and I used to live in Black should Know this? Yeah, it's on the it's on the kind of the community hall side of the shipper So
1: ah, oh, I have to have a lookout for that next time because I
0: used to work in the insomnia there. So I used to know Oh, did you? Now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so the the last question I'm going to ask is: If you were to have a dinner party, who would be the three people? And no, I said so we'll go for four people from oh the past God. or present that you would invite, four people four people past or present that you would invite for your your meal like
1: anyone in the world
0: anyone in the world it can be the dalai lama God. if you want this is awful how am i gonna
1: decide this uh.
0: well i'll give you mine and that would help and that would take the pressure off you
1: yeah
0: yeah okay i'd go for georgie best the footballer
1: okay
0: uh the rock Okay. Um and I'd probably go for like no gather.
1: Okay.
0: There's a three. It's a very lads orientated party.
1: Ah, uh, that'll be quite quite some gathering, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, it'll be good crack.
1: Yeah, maybe go crack. Oh god, I'm so mad at this. I hate being put on the spot.
0: I didn't give you this. I I gave you a list of questions, and like, this wasn't on it. I thought about this. Oh, I thought about th- I thought about this last night. I was like, yeah, do you know, what? I'm gonna answer this. I'm gonna ask this question because it makes people feel awkward. Just to finish yeah, it, it off. It, just it depends was... on situation, like because I think. So say if it was. Say oh. it was. Your, say if it was like. Uh, your birthday or something like that. Oh, I still haven't known my
1: friends. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's going to take me forever. You know, when you try and think of it, all of a sudden, you have no names in your head.
0: Any singers?
1: Mm, singers. Oh, I'm not going to be able to do this at all. I can't think of anyone who inspired me. There's definitely people I can think of in my head. Oh.
0: Are you going to give me any? Who do I think of that's kind of inspiring me? So in your kind of sporting world, music world, TV programs? And you can be characters either if you want.
1: Someone like Gary Vee,
0: I'd love to have dinner with God, him. God, that would be an
1: intense dinner. That's what I'm intrigued oh. at. Like, Will he be as absolutely insane as you think he's,
0: he's going to be? He's like, nuts. He's amazing he's so at what upset. he does, but he is absolutely wired to the moon.
1: Yeah, but I'm, I'd i be so impressed and intrigued to see what he'd be like in real
0: life. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say he has. I'd, I'd, is he going to be on like that all
1: the time
0: or not? I'd say in that situation, I'd say he would. Yeah. I'd say at home he's kind of like semi-normal yeah maybe That'll be really interesting to
1: see.
0: Gary V would he's be good a, Gary V would be
1: a good dinner guest in general
0: yeah he'd Is be he a good in, choice
1: yeah someone like that someone inspiring or he'd also be good yeah I'd, lo- I'd love to have I'd love to meet Frank Keen as well I think he'd be incredible to, to sit down with and kind of pick his brain so far and see what he's like
0: he he's he's one big meme factory with the with the kind of with the, the quotes he,
1: he has.
0: Oh, they're amazing like they're like he's, his enthusiasm one
1: for every
0: Yeah. Uh he literally I, I went when I went to seminar and stuff like that in December like the amount of one liners I have written down is just mm-hmm. and on the I don't know how like he reads so many books, listens to so many podcasts and he just has this mind that kind of literally sponges it in where I kind of struggle to I have to read things once or twi- two or three times to kind of get it into my head. He's an
1: absolute
0: machine.
1: People like that that just seem like they have more hours in the day than I do. I just want to meet them and ask them how they do it. Oh,
0: he, yeah. like he, he, said, it, well, he said what he does. Uh, yeah. He says he wakes up at 4am in the morning or 5am in the morning and then does kind of creative t- or does, gets into the car, drives to the gym, hangs outside the gym for about an hour, does all the kind of the emails and stuff that he doesn't want to do then trains and then after he trains he kind of does a couple of hours of creative stuff to write his books or then he does podcasts and then he'll go home uh do a little bit more work and stuff like that and then finish up at like four or five and then then he has his chill time and then he eight o'clock he's in bed
1: wow dedication
0: that's organized that is called organized
1: when you have to organise your chill
0: time, that's organised. Yeah. that I, I tend not to. I organize it this weekend, you did jack because the next few week- weekends are just mayhem with Birmingham. And I'm actually in Birmingham twice, I was staggering like two weeks after that. So
1: I'll be in Birmingham again,
0: but for another seminar. Yeah. So. Different reasons. <laughs> Very
1: different reasons. <laughs> different priorities at the time. <laughs> exactly. It's important.
0: Uh, so one more person for the meal but before we wrap up
1: I feel like I should have a female someone like Oprah someone one really Oprah would be inspiring. good Oprah will be good someone like that some female boss
0: Michelle Obama oh
1: yeah she'd be great as well she'd yeah, be good someone like that
0: someone
1: inspiring so I can figure out how to be like a boss ass woman
0: who else alright yeah Beyonce Beyonce mm,
1: I don't think she counts I, want I don't to think, her, think she counts. So. I think she's a fake
0: feminist. <laughs> I don't think she counts. Okay, that's a good answer. Oh. Um. I think we have, we have, okay, we'll get Michelle Obama and we'll get oh. Oprah. Oprah, yeah. Gary Vee. And Gary Vee. That would be <laughs> an
1: intense dinner. That would, be <laughs> that would be intense. something. I'd be impressed.
0: I'm intrigued to see what would happen in that
1: conversation. <laughs> I'd
0: say you'll need like a, a referee to kind of t- t- To keep that in check. And the
1: ship, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, thank you so much for coming. Huh? I'll let you know if it happens. Yeah, <laughs> please do. Uh, yeah. Skype that live stream. Uh, yeah. thank you so much, Holly, for uh coming on because I know you're literally your only home from the airport. Um, so thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to kind of meeting you the next week in Birmingham and, and kind of doing the AJ Morris. Um, seminar and kind of learning off him and stuff like that so thank you so much for coming on i really do appreciate it no
1: problem thank you very much for thank
0: you me. very much talk to you soon